It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, Matt Hausman here. Welcome to another edition of Smart Money Questions. And as I mentioned back in January, we are starting a new format where one of the things I'm going to be doing is interviewing different professionals from different areas of the financial world, the tax world, maybe the legal world, and really get some insights on that particular part of what we as financial planners look at in our holistic planning. And I really had the fortune, I was at an advanced financial and tax planning conference in Dallas back in early January. And one of the speakers that got up and spoke, I have to tell you, he absolutely blew my mind. And this is our first interview. And I went right up to him after he spoke. And he said, absolutely, he would jump on our on our smart money questions. And quite frankly, we've had this question a couple times over the course of the last almost two years. And I've answered it where I really haven't been a fan. I haven't really completely poo-pooed it, but I've been very specific as to it's only there for a very specific need. And quite frankly, maybe I don't know exactly what that need is. And so he really shook me on that. And what we're going to be talking about today is reverse mortgages. That's right. I said it, reverse mortgages. And we have Harlan Akala here, and he's with Fairway Lending. And Harlan is the reverse mortgage director for fairway lending. So Harlan, I'm so glad you jumped on the call with us today. I appreciate the opportunity. We'd love to get the news out of just stuff that people don't know. And I have to tell you, I didn't know it. And when you got up and then I took your information, I got a chance to watch the webinar that you that you sent me. And I'm amazed at how a reverse mortgage, you know, one of the things that I always talk about on the podcast and with clients is positioning with purpose. We position our money with purpose. It all doesn't have the same purpose, so we don't position it all the same way. And I also talk a lot about sequence of return risk and an IRA, having too much money in the IRA, and how can we mitigate taxes and hopefully mitigate losses in the IRA. So when you went through that, I was I was absolutely amazed. But before we get there, one of the things that, you know, the questions that I have initially is, really understanding what a reverse mortgage is and how they're structured, what the cost is. You know, many times, and I think you even brought this up, one of the biggest concerns people have with the reverse mortgage is the cost, losing the home, or they feel like as soon as they sign that document, they are locked into that for life. So can you help explain that? Well, yes. The biggest thing is, is if you ask 100 people what they think about reverse mortgages, 95 will be negative and the other five will be, well, I I don't know. I've heard some things about it. I'm neutral. But 95% of people are going to be against it. And the reason for that is strange. And so when I was growing up as a kid in central Wisconsin on a dairy farm and my dad snored in the other room, I thought there was a bear in the closet. (laughs) And so my mom would have to come in and turn the light on and show me that there was no bear in the closet because I was sure that there was one in there. I won't tell you how old I was before that stopped. But anyway, (laughs) the issue is that people look at a reverse mortgage as a bear in the closet, something that's going to take something away from them and steal from them. And it's very similar. I've researched this out. It's very similar to electricity and horseless carriages. 
people were scared to death of them because it was something new and something weird. And municipalities would actually bar horseless carriages from coming in. And the electricity was something that was regarded as burning the house down. I guess gas lamps did that too, but that was a whole different story. So the issue is that the four biggest concerns, we break them into four areas that everybody has, and that's identified as what we call LEIF, L-E-I-F. People think that they're going to lose their house. They think it's expensive. They think that from an inheritance standpoint, it's going to hurt their children. And the F is for fear, just irrational fears that are not true. And it is true that you will lose equity when you do a reverse mortgage, but you will also lose cash if you take money out of an IRA or take money out of a savings account. So it's just a way of spending your equity. Most people don't realize that there's $7 trillion sitting in home equity, which is more than most people have in IRAs. And so this is just a way to to monetize it. And $7 trillion, I mean, there's only a trillion in student loans and people talk about that all the time. And when you're thinking $7 trillion that we're going to leave sit in a box and never use it, it seems a little bit crazy. And so all a reverse mortgage really does to take all the fear of the bear out of the closet and turn the light on is a reverse mortgage is nothing more than a way to safely monetize a certain portion of your home and turn part of your home into cash, still allowing you to live there. You cannot lose the home unless you don't pay your taxes. And if you don't pay your taxes, you'll lose your home to the county. But there is a guarantee that you're going to keep the home in your name. And you can also pass it on to your children in your trust, whatever. And the only requirement is whatever you've used, whatever you spent would be paid back. It's not a grant. It's a loan. And you pay us back with interest, but you don't pay us back. The house does. We'll talk more about the expense later on. But the fact is that it is more expensive. We don't try to hide that. It's more expensive than a regular loan, just like a cell phone costs more than a rotary dial phone, or some cars cost more than others, or some hotels cost more than others. It depends on what you get for it. And what people don't realize is if they spend a dollar and get $2, or if they spend a dollar and get $4, it doesn't matter. It's about the value that you get, not the expense. And health insurance is expensive too, but it would be kind of foolish to go without it. So is car insurance. So is homeowners insurance. This is kind of like home equity, a wealth insurance. And that's why it costs money because it's worth something. And we can talk further too. But the other thing that people don't like is the inheritance. They think that this rips off their kids. And it is true that if you get a reverse mortgage, you will pass on less home equity to your children but there's been solid research that's been done with thousands of Monte Carlo simulations that proves that people that do reverse mortgages early actually leave a larger legacy to their children in the form of cash and insurance and stocks and bonds and other assets because when you spend the home equity, you're not spending your other assets. And the last thing that you had mentioned, the being forever stuck, reverse mortgage is a little bit like a 30-year mortgage. When you get a 30-year mortgage... That does not mean that you have to stay in your house for 30 years. You have the ability to make one payment for 30 years for every month, but you don't have to stay in it for 30 years. And the reverse mortgage, we guarantee that you can stay in your house until you pass away if you want to. And let me ask you you real quick. It's both, right? If you're married, it's the husband and the wife, correct? That's exactly right. So if I pass away, my wife's guaranteed to have a home. And that's a big concern to us because widows, we have one out of five widows in this country that are in poverty. Many of them have never been there before. And that's just a lack of planning. Your clients are not going to run into situations like that because they're doing planning. But a lot of people don't do the planning. 
And so to be able to get money out of your house and be guaranteed that you don't have to pay it back until a year after you die or your wife passes away or your husband passes away is a pretty good guarantee. But if you change your mind and say, I'm moving out and I'm going south because I don't like the cold or I'm going to follow my kids somewhere, you can terminate the loan whenever you want. We cannot as a lender. We are guaranteeing that you can be in there for the rest of your life if you live to be 110. But you are not making that same commitment. You can move anytime. So it's not a permanent decision by any means any different than a 30-year mortgage, which most of your clients have had, is a permanent decision. Uh, right. You can pay off a 30-year mortgage in one year if you want the same thing with a reverse mortgage. And let's actually talk about the reverse. One of the things on how the reverse mortgages mm -hmm. are structured, you know, quite frankly, I was unaware of one particular way that they can be structured. I've seen before, and you can speak to this, where it is kind of like a 30-year mortgage, and if you have a current mortgage balance, you basically can wrap that into a reverse mortgage, more like a traditional, you're just not making payments now. But if you could speak to that, but then also the other one that has a growth component on how much of the equity you can pull out of the home. Yeah, the first thing that you have to do to understand a reverse mortgage is it is a mortgage. We are placing a lien on your property. So it is a mortgage. And I want to make that very clear that we're not trying to hide that. But in the way that it works, it is very similar to an investment. You've put money into an IRA, for example, for years and years and years. And then when you get to retirement, you start taking it out. And in some cases, of course, you're forced to take it out with the government requirements. The reverse mortgage is no different. You've put money into a house for years and years and years. You have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in your house, and then you take it out. So if you think about it as more of an investment tool that unlocks that wealth, it will make more sense. It's still a mortgage, but we only put a mortgage on the house for the amount of money that you use. So you have three main options. Think of a Swiss army knife that you've got different tools to use. So option number one, you can pull all the money out in a lump sum which you're going to do if you're going to buy a house with a reverse mortgage or if you're going to refinance an existing mortgage. That's just taking your eligible for $242,000. You take it all out up front and you use it for whatever purpose you're going to need it for. Option two, the second reverse mortgage Swiss Army Knife tool is taking out monthly payments. You put monthly payments in and this is kind of like an annuity where you put money into it and now you're going to get a monthly income of 800 a month or 2000 a month or whatever, depending upon how long you want that payment, if you want it for life or if you need it for five years or whatever, the amount of monthly payment will vary. So that's the second tool in the Swiss Army Knife is taking out money monthly. The third tool, and the if there's anything sexy and exciting about a reverse mortgage, this is it because I run into people all the time. I run into financial advisors that say, well, my client doesn't need a reverse mortgage yet. They might in the future, but they don't need it now. So we'll wait until they're broke or they're eating cat food, which <laughs> doesn't make sense. But that's what a lot of people think. Those people should always take out a reverse mortgage or almost always, there's always exceptions and we'll talk about that later. But take out a reverse mortgage when you don't need the money. The best time to buy an umbrella is when it's not raining. The best time to do preventive maintenance on your car is when it's not broke on the side of the road. The same thing applies for looking ahead and planning ahead with your housing wealth. You don't know if you're going to need that money, if you're going to get sick, or if you're going to be 87 years old like my dad and have a stroke, and all of a sudden, boom, there is a big need for money. So 
at 62, we allow you to take out a line of credit. A lot of financial advisors advise their clients to take out a line of credit. And, I, and, and I'm one of those. All the time I speak about that. Yes. And that is wonderful for 30, 40, and 50-year-olds. But when you're 62, you should take out what we call a relock, not a HELOC, but a reverse mortgage line of credit. And the reverse mortgage line of credit is nothing like, and it's much safer than the regular line of credit. A regular line of credit kicks the can down the road. You take out the money and you got to pay it back. And it can be called and it can be reduced if your income reduces or the value of your house goes down in 2009, 2010, billions of dollars of lines of credit were canceled. A reverse mortgage line of credit has three major components that a regular line of credit does not have. Number one, it can never be canceled as long as you live in the house and pay the taxes. Never be canceled. It's guaranteed. It's non-recourse. Number two, it is guaranteed that you will never have a payment unless you want to make a payment for tax purposes, which is a big deal because on any other mortgage, you take out money, you got to pay it back starting within 30 days. But the third component is the single biggest thing that makes it sexy and exciting. It is guaranteed to go up at no less than 5% for the rest of your life compounded monthly. So if you start out with a $200,000 line of credit and you don't use it at 62, by the time you're in your 70s, that $200,000 line of credit has went up to $400,000. By the time you're in your 80s, it's went up to $800,000. And if you live into your 90s, it's well over a million. The issue is that we know the value of your house is going up and we know you're getting older. So we allow you to have access to a larger part of your equity, even if the value of your house has not went up. Wow. Uh, this is even if it hasn't gone up. That is exactly right. Because overall, nationally, we believe that house values are going to go up. They have for the last 100 years. But we don't know if your house specifically is going to go up and we don't come back and appraise your house every year and say, okay, now your house has went up by $10,000. So we'll give you another $5,000. We'll lend you some more money. It's set at beginning. It's like buying a put on home equity. And it's set at the beginning that you are guaranteed to have a 5% increase in your line of credit, whether your house goes up by 10% or whether it doesn't go up at all. Having that put and that guarantee of that money available is incredible peace of mind. That's the biggest thing that our clients and our financial advisors tell us. I've got peace of mind that if I need that money, it's there. There's a cost to that. We take some of your equity in the form of closing costs to be able to set that line of credit up, but it's no cash out of pocket. It's simply something that is there and you can use it a year from now, 10 years from now. My father used it when he was 87 and had the stroke and needed in-home care. So one of the things that I always talk about with clients is looking to get a home equity line of credit. You're talking about using this as a reverse home equity line of credit. But one of the things I always talk about is you don't have to use it. Because, you know, many people, the ideal retirement is they come into retirement, there is no mortgage, there's no home payment anymore. And there's a little bit of trepidation on the idea of getting a home equity line. I would imagine the same is true for this. And I calm them by saying, I didn't say you had to use it, you just want to have it accessible. This works the same way? Well, there's no question. We don't even have an annual fee. There's no monthly fee, no annual fee. You set up the original closing costs in the beginning, but after that, you have no fees. It's just sitting there and it's growing. And if you start out with 200000 next year it's 210 The year after that, it's 220 and so on. It's there if you need it. When you talk about positioning with purpose, I hadn't heard it that way before, but the whole idea is, is what is the purpose of owning equity if it's worthless to you? 
I offend people all the time by telling them that their home equity is worthless, 100% worthless. It's not worth a dollar. It's not worth 50 cents. It's worth absolutely nothing. It will not even buy you a gallon of gas or a bag of groceries. However, if you have the line of credit, it now has value to you because the only way that you can turn equity into cash is to sell your home and then you're homeless or take out a mortgage. But if you take out a mortgage, you got to pay it back unless it's a reverse mortgage. So the question always is, what is the purpose of your house? Other than being able to live in it, it has no value to you. In fact, you got to pay taxes, you got to pay maintenance, so on and so forth. It's a cost in retirement. The biggest single cost in retirement is not healthcare, it's housing. And it gets more expensive. Usually the biggest cost in the last five years of your life is healthcare, but for the entire time of retirement. So what we're doing is changing that around from a cost to a value and to an income and doing it opposite. Now, I want to mention that if you start pulling money out of your line of credit, you can do a combination of all three of these things. You can do a lump sum for $100,000. You could do a line of credit for $50,000. You could do a $500 monthly check. In combination with your financial advisor, you're going to sit down and say, how should I best use this? There's no one right answer. It depends on what your client and what the need is. But we have taken a certain amount of your house, usually 40 to 60%, depending upon your age, and saying, we're going to make this much available to you to use for whatever purpose that you need. That part right there, when you went over that back in Dallas, really shook me. And if you could also go into the applications, I know you've talked about how to use the reverse mortgage, and you had mentioned that talking to 100 people, five might just say, and 95 are going to say, no way. I'm sure just like a 30-year mortgage or a 15-year mortgage or a 10-year mortgage or even a home ec line isn't for everyone, who is a reverse mortgage not for? Like, who should not be considering one? Well, there's two main categories. And quite frankly, I'm going to shock your audience a little bit, like I kind of, uh, you were kind of shocked in some things that we talked about in Dallas, is that 95% of the people listening to this call should get a reverse mortgage at 62. And as soon as I say that, people are going to- Everyone's freaking out. Hopefully, hopefully everyone's still listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. Or they're going to think that I'm one of the 5% that don't need one. Right. And the issue is, is there's only two groups of people in that 5% that should not get a reverse mortgage. The first group are the spendthrifts and the people, for lack of a better terminology, the dumb people that don't know how to take care of money. You know, the title of your program is Smart Money Questions. If people are in the dumb money, they should not get a reverse mortgage because all they're going to do is waste it. And that's where the reverse mortgages get kind of a bad name. Yeah, I heard about this guy that took out a reverse mortgage. He went and gambled it all in Vegas, and now he doesn't have nothing. Well, it doesn't matter if it's a reverse mortgage. It doesn't matter if it's a savings account. That person is going to waste money. So anybody that is going to waste it is a waster or a spendthrift should never get a reverse mortgage because all we did is like giving an addict some drugs. You you don't want to do that in that situation. Obviously, most of the people that are listening to this podcast – Those people are off gambling and wasting money. They're not listening to this podcast. So most of the people that are listening are not going to waste the money and say, cool, I can't wait to get my hands on 200 grand so I can blow it. So just like a regular, let's compare it to the home ec line. So just like that, if you go get a $100,000 home ec line, you're saying you really have to be aware that if I go yank that money out, what's the potential consequence? And so we have to have that as part of an overall planning process. 
that's the critical thing. It comes back to purpose. What are you using the money for? If you're using the money to go to Vegas, that's a very bad idea in most cases, unless you somehow know what the numbers are. But the issue is that this is not free money. It's not wasted money. It is something that just like your IRA or just like your life insurance money, you should be careful about how you use it and know why you're using it. It doesn't mean you shouldn't have fun with it. If you right. want to take a Viking River cruise, it's okay to do that. Just understand that you're spending money to do that. If you'd use your IRA money for something, you can use your house money for something. It's really the same thing. People try to mix that up in their mind. But whether I use my house money, my housing wealth, or whether I use my IRA money or my savings account money, it's all money. It's all something that I own. And so it's just where am I going to pull that money from? Now, the second group of people are people that are going to be in their house for a short time, meaning less than three years. There are closing costs associated with any mortgage and reverse mortgages are higher. And so if you're going to say, well, I'm, we're only going to live here up north in the cold for another two years at max, and then we're going to go retire in Arizona. As soon as she leaves her job, we're retiring to Arizona. Then it doesn't make sense to do the reverse mortgage on the house in Ohio or Pennsylvania, do it on the house down in Florida. Those are the only two categories. Everyone else, if they have a mortgage, they should refinance it into a reverse mortgage because they've got a mortgage anyway, have an optional payment mortgage, a mortgage with a line of credit that grows instead of the one that can be taken away. If you have your house paid off and you don't need money yet, you should get a reverse mortgage line of credit set up for anything in the future because the only thing certain about the future is that it's uncertain. We don't know what's going to happen in the future health-wise, who's going to die first, what kind of money we're going to need, what's going to happen with our kids, so on and so forth. So if you take a look at the other 90 to 95%, what can we use this for? Well, we can use it to save money in taxes. We can use it for a long-term care hedge or to be able to keep paying into long-term care. Some of our clients have used it so that they can continue to do life insurance to pass on to their children because there's so many people, I, I touched on this briefly before, people think that they're, and, and I want to tell your listeners this, because this is the biggest, strangest, weirdest, funniest disconnect that I've run into in the 15 years that I've been doing this. Everybody tells me, I want to give my house to my kids free and clear. I want to inform your listeners that less than half percent five out of 200 people actually give their house to their kids and their kids move in. The rest of them sell it right away. Your kids want cash, not because they're greedy, <laughs> but because they're not going to move into your house. They don't want to go back into the room they were grounded in, right? <laughs> they, they do not. Bad memories. <laughs> and it's hilarious because everybody says, no, my kids want to move back. No, they don't. Because when you die, you're 90 and they're 60. If they don't have their own house by the time they're 60, there's other problems. I mean, that's not what you're saving the house for. They want to move in with you when you can cook and clean for them when you're 50 and they're 25. They love that after they get back from college. But this is different. They're going to turn and you have three or four kids. Are all three or four kids going to move in? So the issue is, is if you can do other things with that money from a legacy standpoint, if you do want to leave something for your children, and I am not don't want to put you on a guilt trip that you should, but instead of giving them the house, for goodness sake, give them an IRA, give them a life insurance contract, give them something else that they can actually use and use the money out of your house 
for your enjoyment because you put it there just like you put money in other investments. I mean, we could go on for literally but, an hour. And let uh, me, but, one thing I want to just stress on real quick, I want to make sure we get it because I've heard you say it a couple times and that is you use the, the age 62. So can you go through with our listeners and, and quite frankly, refresh me, what are the qualifications to be able to utilize this type of a river or a reverse mortgage in general? Yeah, realize that we have three or four jumbo programs. We have uh, we have the regular FHA programs that are in the reverse space, but the typical and the one that is used most of the time is a program that only starts at 62. We have some that go down to 60, but you have to be at least 60 or 62, or one spouse has to be 62. So if I'm 62 and my wife is 58, I can still do it. But one spouse, except in Texas, both people have to be 62. But in all other areas of the country, one person hits 62. The day I turn 62, I'll do a reverse mortgage, even though my wife will be 59. Now, can I ask um, one, one quick thing about that? Are sure. you saying there that then I'm assuming, and most of the time it's like this, but I have seen where it's not always this way, they're both on the deed, correct? Absolutely. That okay. is a big change that happened back in 2015 because that didn't used to be happening. It's called the non-borrowing spouse rule change. So technically that 59-year-old, because of the congressional authority that was granted to FHA back in the 80s, said that everybody had to be 62. Well, that created some problems with people that were older taking their wives or husbands off title. And we require, if a couple is married, we require that they both be on the mortgage and we recommend that they both be on the title. But no matter what, that younger spouse is protected that if the older spouse dies, they're going to be able to stay in the house. And, and that is a huge change that people, most people don't know about. And the, does that mean that, so in your example, you're 62, your wife's 58, that the 5% growth would continue through, like we'll use her because statistically us guys, we go first and plus she's younger. So it would continue to go indefinite for as long as she's in the house, correct? Well, yes and no. That would have to be renewed when she turns 62. So we do it oh, okay. when I'm 62 and she's 59, but she would not have access to that money until she turns 62 and she becomes an official borrower because of the congressional rule that was in there. But essentially, yes, we're going to do that and we're going to put that into it. We're going to watch and three years later, I'll have my wife as a full borrowing spouse, not just as a non-borrowing younger spouse. Does that create additional uh, closing cost? It does not. It does. Okay. Uh, in our company, it does not. Maybe some companies it would, but we do that at no cost and just read uh, because you can refinance a reverse mortgage whenever you want, just like a regular mortgage when the value goes up, when your wife gets older, whatever that situation is. It's expensive the first time. The second time, it's usually free or just filing costs or whatever, very minimal amounts. And can you just address a, li a little, I understand things are always going to be different, but just in general terms, what are the expenses of the closing costs compared to a traditional 30-year closing cost? Sure. That's very important because there's so many people that say, oh, the reverse mortgages are expensive, so I don't want one. That's like saying a car is expensive, so I don't want one, or a house is expensive, so I don't want one. It's a question of what do you get out of it? And so that's why we work very carefully with financial advisors to say, what is the value of this? It will vary depending upon which program you go with from 1% of the value of the house up to as high as 4% of the value of the house that you would give up in equity, not in cash, but in equity to be able to have access to the other 40, 50, or 60%, whatever it is. So on a $400,000 house, if you multiply that out, that could be as much as eight, nine, 10, $12,000. However, 
you don't pay that until a year after you're dead or when you permanently move out of the house. And we take a look at, is there a value in it? But can I ask something real quick? Let me, I hate to jump in, but if they wanted to, they could pay those closing costs at that time to have that full availability of the line of credit, correct? And nothing, there's no interest that's accruing on the closing costs, correct? There's interest that's accruing on the closing costs unless they pay it. Correct. So they could pay it, and then it's that one-time hit, let's say twelve grand, that was expensive to begin with, but now they got the whole thing, and it's there's no additional interest charges until they decide to take money. That's correct. And so some people do that. It just depends. They should talk to their financial advisors to whether or not it makes sense to pull that cash, whether or not it's tax deductible, because a majority of the closing costs that go into a reverse mortgage are tax deductible. So sometimes it makes sense to pay that now. Sometimes it makes sense to pay it five years from now. But the overwhelming rule has to be, and for us, as well as working with a financial advisor, is, is that cost justified? How am I going to get that back? Am I going to get that back in the form of tax savings? Am I going to get that back in the form of cash flow savings and sequence of returns risk of not losing money on my investment portfolio and being able to give something to my children, take care of long-term care costs, whatever. So nobody should ever get into a reverse mortgage, whether it costs 2000 They shouldn't get into a forward mortgage. Whether it costs 2000 or whether it costs 20000 isn't the issue. It's, are you going to get that money back? And we make sure when we're working with our clients and our financial advisors that there's a reason to do it. And what is the purpose of putting $12,000 in? If we can put $12,000 in and save $200,000 or $20,000, well, then it makes sense to do. If it is of no value because you're going to be moving too quickly, then we don't do it. And I know we've been going on for quite a while. One of the things that really attracted me when I was out in Dallas, and Harlan's been speaking about it, and Harlan, if you could actually just go through this, is Harlan and all of his mortgage specialists all around the country, and I forget how many offices you said you guys have. I know it's a lot. We have 600. 600 offices. This is the thing I thought was so unique, is they will only work with a client and the client's financial advisor. So it's not like you're just walking in. And I, you had a saying I remember out in Dallas. I can't remember what you said. What was it? Don't do this alone or, or something like that? Don't try this at home by yourself. That's right. That's right. Don't try it at home by yourself. It's kind of like eating swords, right? That is one of the most unique things. And the other advisors I spoke to that have utilized your firm is the fact that there is a financial advisor, financial planner, possibly even a CPA, if your financial planner incorporates that tax planning, that is going through this process with the client to make sure that the reverse mortgage does make sense for them and the value is there for whatever the cost is, just as what you were saying. I think that is one of the biggest things that can calm people's anxiety and hopefully we can flip and there is no more fear in fully understanding that this can be a great tool in someone's overall planning strategy. Well, that's exactly right, Matt. I want to clarify something on the team approach. It's like doctors. If three doctors are working on a patient, as I've mentioned, all the doctors should communicate. While FHA rules do not allow us to require someone to use a financial advisor or attorney or CPA or anything like that, the vast majority of clients clearly see how critical it is. And we strongly encourage and kind of twist their arm to say, hey, don't try this at home. This is not something that you should do by yourself. This is not a do-it-yourself project. When you've got a financial advisor or a CPA or an attorney with the tax situation or the legal scenario, that is where we can all determine together, does this make sense? Does this fit in with the puzzle pieces of the rest of the plan? 
If it doesn't, it's something that we don't do. We don't want to do something that is not of value to the client. But most of the time, when we can put two or three or four heads together, we can come out with an incredible outcome for the client. Very few clients and very few loan officers ever work on a project with a reverse mortgage without having another professional involved. The client wouldn't want that when they realize the value of how important the team approach is. I've got a chapter in my book that I'd be happy to share with your listeners called Drugs, Sex, and Reverse Mortgages, <laughs> uh, which seems like kind of a strange chapter. But a reverse mortgage is something that can be used for good or for bad. Sex, good or bad, and drugs, good or bad. I mean, it's horrible if you get addicted to drugs, yet some drugs are life-saving. A reverse mortgage is the same way. If it's used correctly, it can increase people's net worth. It can change their life. It can help them in a health situation like my father. It can help them go on a Viking river cruise when they didn't think that they could afford it. It can help extend the uh, time period that they're going to be able to draw money out of a pension or delay social security or help with sequence of returns risk or the Medicare supplement to be paid for and, and cover their take care of a Medicaid issue that their wife or husband can qualify for Medicaid. But the issue is, it's a very simple product. Like I said in the beginning, it is nothing more than a tool, Swiss Army knife, that allows you to take cash out of your house without selling it and without incurring a payment, a very unique mortgage. But it gets complicated past that. How should I use it? Should I pull money out right. of my IRA? Exactly. Should I pull money out of my insurance contract? Whatever. Without having a financial professional that knows more about, because none of our, we have advisors all over the country none of them are licensed to practice law, none of them can give financial advice, and none of them can give any kind of idea of where you should invest your money. However, all of them know how to create cash from equity, Then, and it can be used for good or ill, unless there's a financial professional involved that says, okay, in light of all of your other scenarios from a holistic planning standpoint, this is how you should use the money. This is where it's going to give you, with our financial planning software, with the plan that we put together for you, this is the best way to use your housing wealth. Because it's an important nest egg, just like an IRA is an important nest egg. Trying to do this and saying, okay, well, I'll just pull the money out and use it for this purpose. I mean, we sat down a couple of months ago with a retiring Southwest airline pilot who didn't think he needed a reverse mortgage and he didn't need one. He did, turned out he wanted one. Because it was specifically, he had over $2, 3000000 million in his IRA, but he used it to save almost a quarter of a million dollars in taxes from his strategic IRA withdrawals. Then we've got a widow who's 85 years old in Scottsdale, Arizona, who needs it primarily for living expenses. There's a whole gamut going back and forth as to how this should be used and more importantly, how it should be properly used. Correct. Without enlisting a financial advisor that knows about reverse mortgages, and this is a caution to your listener, you take the time, Matt, to educate yourself by going to seminars and learning your craft. The vast majority of financial advisors do not even know what you know. And there are all kinds of people that go to a financial advisor that is nothing more than a product pusher of one product or another. And in reality, they do not have enough information to tell you about anything other than their product. And there's nothing wrong with annuities or stocks or anything else. But if that's all that person is selling and it's the answer to every problem, Correct. That's, yeah. not a, that's not a financial advisor that anybody should deal with. Well, and, and so they're not need, taking their fiduciary responsibility seriously. 
it's scary and it's sad. And so when people are dealing with you, and, and your listeners already know who you are and what you do, but when they're dealing with someone like you that takes the time to learn this stuff and spends hours and hours and days at a time sitting in rooms taking notes, that's the value that you have to them. And so there's a lot of financial advisors that will literally tell people, no, don't do a reverse mortgage unless you're broke. And that's all they know about them. Housing wealth, $7 trillion. We need to make attention, uh, pay attention to how that's done or we've got a problem in this country. And it's people like you that get the word out that is so critically important that we've got to do something right with that $7 trillion, And we can change the way retirement is done in this country, solve long-term care problems and kind of save the world. And I know that's what you're working on doing and that's what we're doing as well. Well, absolutely. And listen, um, I'm looking at the time we probably, you know, we could sit here. Well, you know me, I can talk forever. And uh, <laughs> but I think it might be a good idea to have you come back. One of the things that we are going to do, and you'll notice this in the show notes, there'll be a couple downloads is a couple of the things that really shook me are what's called a coordinated strategy for IRA withdrawals, tax advance planning, being able to utilize this instrument. We're going to make sure those are there. If you have, and I spoke to Harlan about this earlier. So if you have any questions is this for you should you be looking at it just reach out to us directly at info at smartmoneyquestions.com or by phone 610-719-3003 we'll sit down and look at this harlan and i spoke before we started recording and we'll take over you know we'll kind of go over your whole financial needs analysis and then we'll work with his professionals directly to see how this can end up benefiting you and you being one of those 95% that, as Harlan said, everyone should have one. So, Harlan, I really appreciate you you know, jumping on, coming on, being our first interview here in our new format beginning in February of, of 19. And we look forward to having you back on. Well, thanks for the opportunity and congratulations for what you do, Matt. I don't think a lot of your clients and a lot of prospects out there that have not worked with you yet really understand how important it is what you do because retirement is a long time. And it is. if it's not planned right, it's pretty darn scary. And what you're doing is so important. And I just appreciate you. And there's a lot of people that are not doing what you're doing. Thank you for making a difference in people's lives. Well, thank you so much. And listen, thank you, everyone. If you have a question or an idea or a scenario you'd like for us to run through, just email us at info at smartmoneyquestions.com. Check out the website. There's a form there you can submit or give us a call here, 610-719-3003. Thanks again, and Harlan, appreciate it. Hopefully you guys saw the value in this and reach out to us, and we'll see if we can help you. Talk to you soon. Thanks again. Bye-bye. 